Hello everyone and welcome to episode 5 of the Empower Hour podcast. I <laughs> I am so happy to be here. I just want you guys to know that the past few months for me have been an absolute crazy roller coaster and I just appreciate everyone who missed the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you guys so much. Um I can't speak on it right now, but maybe someday I will speak on what was happening in the past few months because I just think that it would be inspiring or empowering to some other women out there. But for now, let's focus on this episode. Um, So I'm happy to be here. Welcome to Empower Hour Podcast. Empower Hour Podcast is a platform for women to inspire, educate, and empower one another. We encourage women to be their most empowered self mentally spiritually physically and financially okay and uh yeah let's get into this episode you guys all right today we have allison kendricks and you guys allison is one of my really good friends i'm biased but i have to tell you i am really inspired and empowered by her constantly i have been for the past x amount of years that we've been friends for a real long time okay and um i think by the end of this episode you guys will understand why um i love her so much and i think you guys will love her too she is an educator public speaker creative she's been working in higher education for over six years in both san diego and colorado springs and now she's working on her personal intention to have a long-term impact on black queer and faith communities Uh, We also talk about the Intention Co., which is dedicated to supporting Black women learners and scholars through the Intention Co. Scholarship Fund. And honestly, we also just had a lot of fun. We talked about Beyonce, talked about trauma, we talked about overcoming trauma, and lots of good things. So I think you guys are going to love it. Don't forget to follow at Empower Hour Podcast on Instagram. Please subscribe to the podcast send it to one friend send this podcast to one friend that is the best way you can support me spread the word i love you guys enjoy the episode i heard you slip you almost said your favorite and i you know i'll take that i I mean get upset (laughs) i know you have a lot of fans and and no i I want to make them upset there's a lot of favorite people but you're definitely up there girl kimmy has Um, known me a long time i know how long is it now okay sophomore year of college so 2011 let's not put dates (laughs) (laughs) who said dates? listen listen in my circles that makes me like i just get groans of like oh my god you're so young you're so young you know you're just like totally okay or now people think we're old, so I don't know. We're in that weird in between. In between. I hate that O word, old. Yeah. I don't know that word. <laughs> I don't know her. I never heard of her. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. What'd you do today? Tell us about your day. What does Allison do on Sunday? Listen, in the Kendrick's household, for those of you who don't know, I'm with my family in Sacramento. In the Kendrick's household. M- Weekend mornings involve some sort of sweet. So it's either a donut, Mm. a Swedish pancake, a French toast, 
some sort of breakfast arrangement is very serious and we sleep until we can't sleep anymore. And then my mom sends a text saying, anyone hungry? What are we doing? And then we either make a run for the donuts, which is down the street or cook food. So me and my sister cooked French toast for our mom today, which was fun. I'm sitting here trying to figure out how far is the drive to your house? Could I make it there and back (laughs) Sunday? Come on up. I think it's a little six hours. Just a little. That's a little six hours. Yeah. Say no more. (laughs) It's a done deal. Yeah, we'll take it. I guess I should have said church, but those days are a little bit different. Quarantine. It's quarantine. We not. You know, we can't do that. We can't do that. It's tough. Um, well, I, I, for me, it's, I have to remember that not every, you're not everybody's best friend. So I have to just introduce you real quick so that the people can know who is sitting here in front of us today. Cool. Cool. So thank you everyone for joining today. Um, I have one of my favorite people. Her name's Allison Kendricks. I'm going to read my little notes. Yes. Allison Kendricks is uh, an educator, a public speaker, and a creative from Sacramento. She has worked in higher education for the past six years and focuses mainly on student development. She has curated and participated in public speaking engagements, podcasts surrounding race, faith, sexuality, and media in various communities. (laughs) All all the communities. All the communities. What'd you say? Six years? Bruh, six. What happened? <laughs> when that happened? When that start? <laughs> I, know I mean, yeah. I mean, if I want to include the work that I did in undergrad, which I was doing a lot of work in undergrad for my institution, and we all understand that. Um, yeah, I would include. It would be even longer. It would be like, almost, you know, ten years almost. So, um, but well. most. I think most educators would say that's your developmental years and blah, blah, blah. But I was, I was putting in that work. <laughs> I, I was I putting recall. in that work. Yeah. You, you recall. Kimmy I was there. saw it. I can yeah. Kimmy saw it. I was with your shooting in the gym. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, I know this is your show. No, this but is what? Your... No, this is your show. But what <laughs> do you remember about me from that time? Because I feel like a lot of people who might even be watching right now kind of know me not from that time. So I just tell them stories about, this college that we went to and like what I was doing, but like, yeah. Do you have brief, quick memories? Now I know what it was like to be put on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but honestly, that's easy to answer because I mean, the reason you are the person you are in my life is because you have always had just this like leading influence on people and like we all kind of flock to you. And even though it was like a time period where a lot of us, we're still figuring out who the heck we are. Like we lost one identity and we're all trying to, because when you're thrown into a collegiate environment, yeah, you're kind of just like, Oh, who am I? Like you're, you're taken away from all the pieces of yourself that you thought you were and like that you used to identify yourself. And this is why tangent, this is why I am like, uh, I, I recommend college for people because you, disassociate from your past identity and you start a new one but Mm -hmm. for you you were always a leader and even though we know you know we're all we were all still trying to figure ourselves out yes (laughs) Yes. you had just a sense of like wisdom and peace Mm -hmm. about you and you were able to like step into those leadership roles which is 
very admirable considering like it's hard to lead when you're still just confused about life which i feel like yeah. you were at that point in time yeah yeah super confused totally yeah i think thank you for but you could that. speak that's to so it. nice <laughs> oh I, I don't want to forget to say this you are the best storyteller and you use that like amongst friends i'll always i remember about you i'd always be like oh we did this thing oh house and tell them yeah, literally, literally. You, like Kim would, Kim would shrivel up a little bit. She's like, Allison, just gonna tell you, it's better from her. And I would listen. I wouldn't even be, have been there. Like Kim would tell me all the points, and I would just, <laughs> you tell I me. would get hyped because you have some stories. You have some crazy things that have happened, and I'm like, ooh, ooh. But like good things, like yeah. really amazing things. We have our own, a lot of our own stories, but. A lot of little adventures to Los Angeles. Kimmy and I would escape from San Diego, which San Diego is beautiful, but we would always go up and like see a concert and like hang yes. out. And that was like, Kimmy and I's love is music first and foremost, I think. That, I think that's how we related or bonded a lot was through music. So yeah, that was, thank you for saying I'm a good storyteller because I love to, to share some good tea, you know, well, with, a, not, good, with a, good. a good purpose you know it's a gift like you have oh, an ability you. to like uh, say what needs to be said yeah. and I just you know I've always said this about you. your gift is speaking and storytelling like wh Thank whatever you. that looks like for you as long as you're using that uh, gift that God gave you you know Thank I'm all you. for it Thank but you. what is your what is your version of when you explain to people of that time yeah Let's get into oh that. man! Oh, let's What's your impression let's of that? get into it. Yeah, um, well, this is part of your story. Yeah, so I would say okay, a big part of my story and what kind of brought me to college at that point is I am a kid. I'm a I'm a grandkid. I'm a niece. I am a family member of musicians, educators, and pastors. Like that is kind of the summary of what my upbringing was around. A lot was education. It was in the church a lot. Um, in white evangelical spaces and in the black church. Um, my family kind of has a big, like big connection with gospel music in the LA area. So yeah, just being musicians and, and all of that. So I ended up in San Diego going to this Christian school um, really because I thought that's what God wanted me to do. Um, it felt very plain and clear to me that that's where I was supposed to be. Obviously our school was right on the ocean, Point Loma Nazarene University. Easy choice. Yeah, for a long time, my parents were like, she just wants to go to school by the ocean. And I was like, I feel like I could pick other schools by the ocean. This one is very particular, very specific. Um, and yeah, I just felt really at peace. And that's where I was supposed to be. When I got there, it was very evident that that's where I was supposed to be. I still think that in hindsight, um, I tell a lot of people, Point Loma really developed me as a leader. Um, I was president of Black Student Union. I was in a gospel choir and had leadership roles there. I was in a lot of other diversity, inclusion, equity clubs. I was given budgets. I was given a microphone a lot of the time. I was, I was able to do sermons and able to do luncheons and create content and production and like all this stuff there. Um, but I identify as queer. And so yeah, being in a Christian space was like super, super hard. Um, and I didn't really understand maybe all the damage that was done until much later. Um, mm -hmm from that experience so yeah like thank you for calling me a leader at that time because that was very much my identity as i was a campus leader 
Like I was talking to the president, I was talking to VPs, I understood the structures. Like I wasn't just going to class. I was like creating trips for students, like other students and with faculty and staff um, in my senior, junior and senior year of college. So I was doing a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, and pretty much ignoring a whole other side of my life. I was going to say that. Wild. Yeah, I was going to say that, and I can interject because you're my friend, and I was going to say that it almost, maybe it was easy for you to step into those leadership roles and almost mm -hmm. like a coping or like a, what's, what felt natural for you to like, yeah. and it's one of those things where like check on your strong friends. Like sometimes the person who immediately steps into those leadership roles maybe is someone who needs like to be checked on or like, totally. Yeah, I mean, I will, I will say as a person who's worked in education last four years, a lot of the students I worked with, when they start listing off all the stuff they're a part of, I'm like, hmm, hmm, so what's up? You know, like, what does that mean? Like, what are who we doing? Are you? And who are you? Also, what are all these things that, are you doing even all of these things well? There's no way. Mm. I, I, I literally have had students write out how many things they're doing. And I say, there's no way you can do eight things at a top level. Right. And you're and you're a high achieving person. So why would you want to be doing all these things kind of half ass? Like, why is that something that you want to be doing? Let's check them out. Like, let's get to the top, maybe three, like you're right. a student, like there's number one, there's, you know, whatever leadership role you're in. And when they were working for me, they were an RA. So we paid them. So you need to be doing that. Well, we're paying you. Um, Kimmy was my RA in college that's why she's smiling sorry i put you on blast your audience needs to know about you they need to know they need to know <laughs> you you were one and done though you were like that's it for me thank no, you no i did so two much. years as an RA. You did, what was your second year i did um sophomore and junior year i was an RA. where in were classin okay. and oh in classin oh in East, i think no finch i met you in finch oh finch yeah classin and yeah. finch yeah. yeah. Okay. Shout out to Point Loma. <laughs> I know. I don't like. Do we even have any Point Loma people in here? I Probably. see some colleagues and friends and people. We'll if not now, then later. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I mean, yeah, checking on your strong friends is really important. I wouldn't say I was ignoring it totally because I'm used to being on stage. Like as I said, my family are musicians, pastors, educators. We're used to talking in front of people like that. I was thrown on the stage very young. Um, and I was very comfortable in those in those environments. Um, and I also found a need like there was a very particular need that I saw. Um, Joel says, wait, you're an RA. Should. I know I saw that. <laughs> Joel, yes. Joel, I'm gonna tell you the story later. Um, yeah, I just I think like, yeah, there was just a lot going on with that. But time so period. you're finding that I mean, because that was you. And then yeah. you found yourself for years, you were helping people that were you. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. let's go back to when you were actually in those roles. Mm -hmm. I mean, how did you cope or how did you learn or where, where did that take you? I've been, I soak up a lot of information all the time. And so I was, yeah, I was watching a lot of stuff. I think the best way to, to talk about me in terms of my leadership is I love connecting people to information. Anything that I feel like is going to make their lives maybe better or something that they don't know about. It's kind of the teacher in me because I'm also a learner. I'm like, oh, what could be really dope for you? So if you're a close friend of mine, I'm always sending shows that you might like, yeah. music that you might like. And it's particularly crafted and tailored to who you are as a person. It's not just because I like it. Sure. Um, and that's like, I've been that way forever. And I'm like, I mean, are people sick of me? Do they hate me? But most of the time, they end up liking it. So yes. I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep doing it. 
Um, yeah, so that time period, yeah, that time period, I was, like, really trying to work on, like, social justice and working with, like, racial identity work on our campus. Um, our school was predominantly white institution. Um, and so a lot of my work, a lot of what I was doing was talking about, like, rec racial reconciliation. And, like, hey, like, we're, we're not being treated right. And, like, students of color have a really hard time here. And what are more resources we can have? Like, what are things that we need that we want to see? Like, we want to see certain programming. We want to have certain things as, like, Black students. Like, we couldn't have, like, dances at our school for a while. And then we were able to throw a dance, right? Or, like, other stuff that we wanted to do. We wanted to travel and go to the South and do a civil rights pilgrimage and oh learn God. about our history and learn about our history and learn about organizing and so I was like man that's what I want to do like yes um this that is like amazing. what I would make yo yeah John Lewis just asked myself real quick? I, <laughs> this is the thing I don't this talk about this trip this is a chance I like mentioned this trip in passing and people are like oh yeah like I guess what does that look like and I'm just like no nah, I don't think y'all really understand we took like 35 people I think um to the south flew to Atlanta first visited Spelman Morehouse, kind of did some exchange work with them, and then hit all the museums in Atlanta, hit all the churches, like MLK's birth house, like Ebenezer Baptist Church, like all these places, and then took a bus and then traveled through Alabama. We hit Montgomery, Selma, Birmingham, and then ended in Memphis, Tennessee. And like, this was created from students. Like one of our advisors definitely had an idea for it, but it's something I've kind of already been doing with my family. My family had taken me down to the South. They had taken me to Arkansas. They had taken me to DC. Like there's some things that my family had already been doing that kind of, I can see this stuff in person. I was like, man, other people have to see this. Like other people need to be able to learn. There's nothing like being in person and talking to the people that experience stuff. So like Bloody Sunday, where John Lewis crossed on that Edinburgh Bridge, like we walked that bridge. And not only do we walk that bridge, we talk to the students and the people that live in that town to this day. And I think a lot of people, they call it Jubilee, a lot of people travel to Selma, Alabama to hang out and like celebrate and like do kind of like a political crossing. But I was like, you don't understand the like segregation that's still happening right. in Selma. Like yeah. that, their schools, they were, the school like was bragging that they had one white student at their school. They were like, we have the one. The context of this is like the school that <laughs> we were all visiting from is like predominantly white. Oh so. yeah. Yeah. And we were like talking to the students, like, have you heard of this college? Like, what are, like, how are your, what's your family life? Like, like what's going on? I think a lot of people want to, yeah, they like, they're like, people come and tour our school all the time. They tour that bridge all the time. They don't talk to us. Or they don't like mm. create relationships with us. And yeah, it was important for us to just see, like, what's really happening, what's really going on, and not just, I can't just brag and be like, yeah, I marched with John Lewis once, like, in a celebration, you know, there was a lot of other stuff going on, it was really painful and, like, tough. I was talking to people, they're, like, 19 on that bridge, and they're only, like, in their 60s, or, like, they're not old, <laughs> you know, these people are not old, these yeah. traumas are not, these, like, so, I mean, that's connected to a lot of what I see now today, too, I'm kind of going on a tangent, but that those stuff like that stuff that I was that work I was able to do in college I just still see happening now um it's really fascinating just a lot of the stuff that we've been seeing in our world but yeah so as a student I was doing the most the absolute the work yeah I was doing the most I mean and, and that's and got powerful, burnt out like, too. what kind of impact do you think that had on the people that went on the trip with you because for you that was more of something that you had seen or that you were used to but sure. do you feel like that had an impact on a lot of the people that came with you yeah absolutely I think I was seeing the rea reactions 
to students that were with me that were like my friends or students that were younger than me. And I was like, oh, we really did something special, you know? Like this was something that I think people are gonna remember forever. And I think I'm all about creating experiences like that for people that that change you and make you a better person um, and allow you to, yeah, just to grow and like let let those one up like relationships really impact people. Um, yeah, that's that's an old time period though. I think a lot of that work I was doing though was in hopes to like educate everyone and just make everybody better. And I think education is really important, but a lot of times I've had to accept in the last few years that like some people just don't want to get better. <laughs> some people just don't want to learn. And like, say that again. Yeah. If I'm going to create these experiences, people are going to like really enjoy them, sure. And if they're going to be for me as well or my community, like my like black community, queer communities, like communities of faith, I'm all for it. But I'm starting to tailor my experiences more, like maybe the work that I'm I'm doing in a particular way. So that was it was hard work. I was used to it, but it was really really hard work, like super draining. Draining is a good yeah. word. You yeah. You were swimming like up. What is that? Up river. <laughs> Upstream. Upstream. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. So give us an example of like now what you mean by that, like by curating your. Yeah. So I would say that Allison in college and grad school was really used to being like kind of the front person, the center person, like the storyteller, the person that created stuff. And then I was like, I need to go away and learn some things for a while because yeah. I had ignored some things about myself, my queerness. And also I, I felt like I was kind of not learning well in my field, my career. Um, and so I moved to Colorado um, from San Diego. And it's so funny, I told one of my students like, yeah, I moved from San Diego. And they're like, you're a black queer woman and you moved to Colorado Springs? I was like, I don't know. I don't know, I just, I did it, and it's crazy, I don't know. No, it's, I, I mean, I got a really good job. Uh, at the time I was like, this is gonna be great. I have family that had moved to Colorado. Um, and I wanted to take some time to sit back and learn things um, and felt like I was going to be able to do that there um, and kind of fell into this a similar pattern in the end. I wasn't the front person anymore. I wasn't doing a ton of that work. But when you're being utilized by white institutions, that's a different type of draining that happens. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. So um, I would try to find you know, queer students I could talk to. I was trying to find students of color that I could talk to and really help. But when you're being overly, um, yeah, you're being used a lot. You're not being paid well. <laughs> it just happens in our field. Education doesn't pay a lot. Um, you start, and I was, I was really happy to be there and like be firm in my identity for the first time, which was really great. Yeah. And my students knew who I was. There was no secrets. There was no anything like that. But I, I felt the draining about year three, year three, year four, for sure. Um, and once you start to kind of, that's when you start to get like your swag back. Like when you're new, I'm new at a place, you like spend the year listening. And then the second yeah. year, you're like, I kind of get it, but you still make a lot of mistakes. Year three and four, you know what you're doing. You're like, and you want to, yeah, yeah, you're like, bro, I got this. And you want to like push stuff forward. And once you start to get pushed back from people, it's like, oh. Yeah. So you actually didn't really want to do what you said you wanted. Like these places don't want to actually do the things that they say they wanted. And mm. so I've left that, that job for right now. I've left higher ed for right now. I don't say, I don't know if I'll go back um, mm. for now, but I keep telling my family and I keep telling friends, I really want to work in, in black queer spaces pretty yeah. much solely just for a little bit or a place or institution that aligns with my values. 
something that um, is energizing instead of depleting, right? Yeah, totally. Spent, spent now six plus your undergrad yeah, years yeah. of doing this depleting work, which is great work, by the way. And yeah, God put important. you in those places, and He gave you these tools, and yes. you're like, I'm like, this is, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's I good was, work. Yeah, it was good. Work. It was really good work, and it was like it was fulfilling work for a while until you get out of it and you go, whoa, like what just happened? Right. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. did I make an impact? And I, and I think I did, like, I think I did for sure. Um, I know I did for sure. I've had a lot of people tell me that I've, I have made an impact, but um, once there's something in looking back at something and going, yeah. Oh, that was a little rough or like that, that was, whatever. And I, and I think it plays into like the fear I've had. I've had a lot of, I've worked with a lot of fear. So like in undergrad, it was fear of being queer and like being outed and what that would do to what I had, the work that I had put in. And then later now is the fear of, okay, I've always been a prominent voice. And a lot of people have been asking me, hey, can you do much more work? Can you do some content creation? Kimmy's been on me like, when you making a podcast, when you writing a book, like when you doing this and that. And I think a lot of fear has been coming up for me because I'm like, I don't want to miss that. I don't want to, I'm really weary to showing my process, which is crazy because I'm a truth teller. I'll be honest, but I don't like showing my process. And I think I want to be more open to showing my process. Like well, yeah. I have old articles I've written. I've had old YouTube like videos that I've done. And I'm like, Ooh, I don't know if I really believe that stuff anymore. I don't know right. if I still have that same uh, approach, but right. I still need to be proud of where I was in that moment. 100%. So, yeah. That's been something I've been really thinking about lately is man, how much has fear played a part into my life and how, where am I going to let it play into this next part of my life? Cause I know something big is coming next and I can't let fear sit in that or with that and especially with like cancel culture or, or what I call accountability like we need to have accountability in a lot of ways but I'm like oh what if I say something wrong and yeah that's tough especially on these public platforms and yeah to the point we were kind of talking about the other day is that part of conquering that fear of putting stories out there or even putting your opinion out there yeah. is that vulnerability and yeah. opening up to people and people people's stories change and totally the, the perspective changes like your perspective in college is so different than the perspective that you have now but that yeah. doesn't make what you said while you were in that time period bad yeah it's totally. different but yeah that's that's the struggle and I feel I feel you with what you're saying is that yes you want to speak out yes you want to use your gift to express what you, God is filtering through Allison Kendrick's <laughs> <laughs> but it's like come you on, put something out you put something out there in like twenty thirteen and then you're looking back at it at twenty eighteen like I ah, don't really agree with that anymore. But it's still yeah. good work and it's still you know, good thoughts yeah. for whatever yeah. audience was there at the time. To I think absolutely. I think for the time period where I was at it makes sense. And I and I think the first thing that I wrote after I left undergrad I was like, I'm writing for, for students of color. Like, I'm not talking to nobody else right now. <laughs> like, I've been talking to everybody, talking about Jesus wants us to love everybody and be kind. And I'm like, what does that really mean? And I, I want to talk about who, who didn't protect students of color who are usually in the most overworked in those spaces, who are the, usually the most, like, having all this other stuff going on and asked to teach, asked to lead, asked to do all of these things. I need to talk to them and say, mm -hmm. hey, I, I'm here. I see you. I want to protect you as well. Right. I want to protect your peace and your gift. I think maybe a lot of what I've been doing is protecting my gift 
and maybe I've let fear kind of come up into it, but I've been protecting my gift for the last like four years. Like not everybody's going to get this. <laughs> like I need to be a little bit more um, selective with right. where I um, give my energy. And that's, that sometimes can paralyze you. So I'm trying not to be paralyzed. I'm trying to just be like, yes, I'll do this. If I feel like it's right. Like with you, Kimmy, you've asked me before to come on this. And I was like, nope, not the time. Like, and now I'm not trying to protect you from you because I knew you were going to handle yeah. my story well. But I was like, I'm not ready to. Yeah. Um, I'm not ready to chat. I always want to have, you know, I'm doing this and I'm doing this project and I'm doing this next thing. And if I feel like I don't have that, sometimes I don't really want to share. But I think, but I, yeah, so this is the process part, right? I'm yes. in the process part. But I want to say that I really respected that when, you know, I asked you to come on and speak and you were kind of like, no, I'm just like, my energy's not there. Mm -hmm. I don't remember exactly what you said, but I, that was really powerful for me too, because sometimes like, especially with you, I have so much respect for you and everything that you say. And I'm always like, what does Allison have to say about this? <laughs> I love to talk to Allison about everything. And sometimes we need to protect our, you know, our, our friends and our leader friends. And we need to also look out for them and their energy and make sure that their energy is protected and yeah. not always just kind of like, you know, don't be drainers. Yes. Protect yes. people. Just like yes. you said, you were seeking out your leaders in your life and people who you felt like were having impacts and you're like, how can I protect you? How can yeah. I serve you in this space? So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm proud of you for, you know, protecting your energy and coming when the time is right. And this isn't going to be the last time, you know. Oh, you yeah. You know, all right. After you drop your book in your in your podcast and your <laughs> show and everything. <laughs> Uh, yeah, everybody's been telling me to write a book. I'm like, bro, the way my dyslexia is set up, though, like, the way it's set up. We got you. We'll get you a ghostwriter. It's all good. No, no, no. Yeah, no. I know. I could write. I could, I could put stuff together. That's a part of the storytelling. I can write. Oh, but, 100%. Oh, it feels like it's so hard. But yes. I'm, again, that's another thing I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump into. I'm going to get into it. That's fine. So how were your last few years at so we, we we talked a little bit about when you were at Point Loma and you took those yeah. leadership positions although that was challenging for you you somehow managed to cope and protect your energy throughout that time period <laughs> then you took a leap of faith which honestly you know I don't want to skim over that I remember you making that decision and you literally had to kind of be like God you want me to do what you want me to yeah. go here yeah and you know what's crazy my intuition though I felt like I was going to leave California that year prior I just didn't know where but I was like I think I'm gonna leave the state and I am born and raised California person if any of my peoples are in here they know I talk about California all day down I didn't know how much obsessed I was with my home state until I left it yes um but yeah it was a, people were like you don't know anybody you didn't you didn't go to this school before you didn't live in this place I'm like no I don't know anybody I'm just I'm go. I have a good I have a job I visited once and here I am. Here I am. This is where God said I'm supposed to be. This is, I guess, where I'm supposed to be. And my family had just moved to Fort Collins about two hours north. Perfect. And so that really felt like it was lining up. Like, oh, I need to be. My aunt's in here. She's What's a up, auntie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they just moved to Fort Collins as well. So, yeah, that was, like, a really big step. Kind of um, a little layup. But yeah. he was kind of putting it on your heart a little bit before, almost kind of warming you up for that decision. And then mm -hmm. you were like, I guess it's time for me to move to... Colorado. Colorado to the mountains. Bruh. The mountains. Like, how yeah. How do you just like putting yourself in predicaments? 
You're gay? Go to Christian college. See what happens. Hey, yeah. you're black and queer? Go to the mountains, the Rocky <laughs> Mountains, and see what happens. See if you get your little zhuzh. I mean, honestly, I found a really great, like, queer, like, community and friendship in Colorado, and I think that's, I'm super lucky. It took a long time to get. Hmm. Um, some of my Colorado peoples are in here. Um, but there was, I, and also flew home a lot. I flew to major cities and I flew back to San Diego a lot. I think there was a freedom in going back to the place where I really felt oppressed mm. and being like, mm. I'm Gucci now, I'm good. Like, yeah. and being able to enjoy things in a different way. Um, so it wasn't only like just a career push, but it was a like, I'm an independence push. Like that institution was a comfort place for me. California was a comfort place to me. I needed to go somewhere else and just like heal from the past like six years that I had been working and living in San Diego and like start to be like, what, what is it about myself? What do I want to do? That's fun. What do I want? Do I want to travel? I have an okay job right now. I can travel more. I, I went to Europe twice. Like there was a lot of things I was able to do um, in that time period. I think I probably should have left a little bit earlier than I did. Really? You think so? Oh yeah. 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 Um, someone in the comments said, it's, this is so good. It's good to get that closure. Do you feel like you got closure, like, by visiting again to San Diego and to a place oh. where you just weren't oppressed, which I thought was an interesting word they used. So oh, yeah. do you feel like you have, you said freedom. So do you feel like you get closure or is it freedom or both? Okay. So uh, this is a story for everyone about closure. I had worked six years at this Christian school. I know I'm saying that a lot, but there's that was my world and I was well known by like higher ups and like had a lot of like influence as Kimia said and um when I left no one knew that I identified as queer I was still was kind of coming out to myself I wasn't out to my family and so I kind of did this like came out to my family came out to my friends and like in my in my work life and I went back to celebrate that so mm -hmm. I went back for for San Diego pride um, with one of my best friends, Jordan, and I was with my other friends there that lived in San Diego, and I actually wore a Point Loma shirt, and I marched in this in the San Diego Pride Parade, yes. which was wild. And I and I walk and I walked through, and I was just having fun, and I was dancing, and I was like, wow, because those there's a gay, there's a neighborhood. I almost said neighborhood. That's what we call it, Hillcrest. <laughs> And if I was in Hillcrest, I'd be like, oh, my God, is a student going to see me? Oh, my gosh, is somebody going to see me? I don't know what them to take a picture of me. What if that gets back? Just all this, like, fear. And, like, often, and I was, like, standing in the middle of University Ave, just, like, you know, celebrating and dancing and having fun. And I turned to my right, and I saw a group of students and, and people and staff from Point Loma there also celebrating. And I just pointed to my shirt. I didn't know they were going to be there, but I just was like... Yes. You know, just representing all of my story. And that was, I think that's, I was, I wish someone had a camera for that moment, but it was totally full closure. It was like, oh, like I have been able to bring my full self to this place, this place that I love and have a good time um, and celebrate all of my story. I think I can't leave my story in the dust. A lot of people want to just leave stuff behind and be like, Ooh, that was a crazy time. I don't ever want to think about that again. Right. But I had a lot of good times. I had a lot of good friends. There's my boo, Joseph. I had a lot of good friends in San Diego. There's a lot of good people. So I didn't want to like negate that, but I also needed to recognize there was like trauma. There was oppression and there was definite trauma. Like, hands down for sure. <laughs> and that's hard to hear. That's been hard to hear for a lot of people that were with us during that time. Um, yeah, but I'm, again, I'm a truth teller. And I was invited back. I was invited back by the institution to talk about my experiences as being a person of faith and being queer. And I didn't think that was going to happen for like 20 years. 
And were you like, are you sure you want me to come? Yeah. And, and it happened in like three years. And I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> Y'all yeah. invited me back. That's so crazy. Um, How did you feel yeah. doing that? And then we'll. I did it. I did it for those students, those other queer students. Good. Yeah, I did it. And I did it for the people that were with us at that time period, too, that couldn't be out. Um, there was a lot of people, like, that I found out were queer after we left. And we were like, you? I'm like, we could have all had each other's back. We could have all mm -hmm. been talking to each other. Like, that's what, that's what oppression does, though. It, like, pulls people yes. away and silos people and, like, shuts people down. And so um, I really did that for that and I and I wanted to speak from a place of my scars and not my wounds. I don't know who said that. If someone wants to put in the comments where they've heard that before, I should cite my sources. But I really wanted to make sure I was speaking from my scars and not my wounds. A lot of people want to go back and just. Let's differentiate. What does that mean to you? What does it mean to speak from your scars instead of your? Wounds? So I would say I have some wounds from my last role and I'm not ready to talk about them yet because you'll just start like, to kind of, yeah. you'll start to kind of speak like really big all or nothing or like, let's can oh, Okay, yeah. cool. Great. Whoever Thank Google. Jess. Shout <laughs> out to you, Jess. Jess. Shout out to Jess. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think like there's a difference of you can it's have perspective. Yeah. Well, but also aggression is important. Like I've, I've often like tried to dim down my aggression and it's like, nah, like y'all gonna get this work cause y'all deserve it. But you also need to hear, and my parents have been like, Kelsey's angry. Like, I think she's angry. I'm like, I've been a little angry, but that's okay. Girl, I'm sweating. You already see. Me too. Me too. That's why I got a filter on. That's okay. Just let it out. <sighs> okay. Anyway. Um, no, but speaking from your scars, I think you have better perspective. You can still speak with the anger or the aggression or whatever, but sure. you have a better perspective. Uh, Joseph said, speaking from experience versus speaking from observation. Mas o menos. Mas o menos. Mas o menos. But I like that. You're speaking with perspective. You're coming yeah. from different, like a more mature. Not mind. just emotion, but there's like full, there's the full experience. Took some time to process and. Yeah. And I'd be taking time to process. I'm like, give me a little time. As you should. Yeah. Me and my friends need to talk about it at least a good 20 times. Yo, Kimmy and I be on the phone for real, for real, for like hours. three hours. Yeah. I know. That's why I'm like, I'm watching time. I'm like, let me make sure we don't talk for <laughs> three hours today because we will. We could go down a whole tangent of religion and schools and relationships. But I do want to give um, Intention Co. the time it deserves. So oh, time, yes. Now that you. Where are my girls at? To, oh, and are they left? Joelle said speaking from pain versus speaking with purpose. It's a good way to that's put it. That's it. That's it. That's why yeah. that's my friend. Um, yeah. Yes, the intention co. So I know you have a lot of entrepreneurs on here, but I'm not an entrepreneur. So that's not what this is. I'm an educator, like I said. And so uh, my cousin who's in here. There she is. Okay. There she is. What's up, everybody? Okay, so intention co is in the house. So my cousin Amaya P, she's in the comments. If you want to give her a follow, there's Jess, the way it is. Um, everyone, she called me. A week after I was home and what I've known is in my heart of hearts when I left uh, my last job I didn't start looking for another job I started looking a little bit and I was like nothing seems right I don't want to do anything yet I'm just gonna sit back and let kind of let God tell me what's my next thing and this is not a job but this is kind of a volunteer experience and Amaya called me a week after I was like girl you're home like what's going on and she's like I've created something so she started something called the intention co 
Um, and it's gonna, we're working on being an LLC. Um, but her first initiative of the Intention Co, she wanted to create a scholarship fund for black women. Um, and yeah, create that fund with uh, four to five other black women that are on the advisory board. So we're, there's a team of advisory board who are all black women who are educators in California. Um, who've worked in this career for a while now. We're kind of like all in our late 20s, 30s range. Okay. You know, we've been through some things. We've Perfect. done, you know, undergrad, some grad school in there. Um, but yeah, we wanted to create a scholarship fund. And we hit, we had a goal of $5,000 for the scholarship fund. And we hit that goal within a, uh, two and a half weeks, which praise That's God, good. was super dope. People can still donate. Um, we obviously want to be able to give to as many recipients as possible, but we want, that's where we wanted to start. But uh, it's for anyone that identifies as a Black woman. You can be trans, non-binary, identifying, but anyone who kind of follows, finds themselves in that identity of Black womanhood and who also wants to either get um, financial funds for or get funds for going to college. So it could be academic or it could be for you want to start a YouTube channel and you don't have a camera or you want to create a community garden or you want to start a business and making candles. Like anything that you've been really motivated and you want to do and you want to put intention behind that, um, you can do that as well and, and get, yeah, get a scholarship from that. So um, we decided as a team and my cousin's kind of my cousin's vision to not have SAT scores or have your GPA be a main factor and whether you receive that scholarship or not. We want to be as inclusive as possible. I know for me, the most when I need a scholarship is when my grades took a little dip, a little yeah. dip. Yes. They, they didn't they didn't dip much but they dipped a little bit in june in my junior year and it's crazy that we take away friends from students that are struggling i, I don't get i don't get that whole process but um yeah we want to make sure that we're being as inclusive as possible and create criteria that can really just help black women flourish and feel connected to each other so for me the past couple of weeks that we just get to get on a phone call together and imagine and create stuff for the intention code for that scholarship fund um, has just created community for us, and we want to be able to model that and create community for any of our recipients, too. So, um, yeah, it's been exciting. It's been fun. I've got a lot of good feedback on it, like family member, people. I've never asked for money. I've never gone on missions trips. I wasn't allowed to do fundraisers as a kid. Listen, my yes. parents were like, you're not selling wrapping paper. You're no, not doing not the wrapping paper. You are not selling cookie dough, okay? We will pay for it. We, we will buy it. But yes. this is, I feel like this is a really great cause um, to kind of uplift people in our community and to, to work with other black women. That's what I, that's, and that's what I was feeling already when I was leaving higher ed was, man, I want to put my energy into something positive like that. So pretty much exactly been, what you were looking for. Literally. So shout out my cousin, shout out yeah. everyone on the intention co. Yes. Um, but man, this, this group, I mean, when my cousin asked me to be on it, I was looking at the group, the roster of the women oh, on the advisory board. And I was like, wow, <laughs> wow. Yes. These are some, these are like, these are the women that are the, have been the leaders at their institutions for a while. Um, they're directors, they're assistant directors. They're just like, you know, know what they're doing, have been influencing a lot of students for a long time. Um, between us, we could put together all the students we've been, you know, been working with. I think it's, it's pretty incredible. So yeah, it's just been cool. So what are you guys up to this week? Are you guys, cause you guys are doing some, some content yeah, so we've been doing some content creation. We're actually going to kind of expand it out over this next month. Um, and I've been working on kind of two things. So we're trying to have a workshop, like a financial literacy workshop, um, kind of led by someone. But she hasn't agreed, so I'm not going to put her name out there. But yes, um, um, that we're going to do some collaboration.
information, <laughs> anything might be in the chat. Why not? Some cards, donate cards. So if you donate to the fund, you can get a, a quarantine care card signed by my friend Britt. Um, she creates all their cards uh, herself. She's a Black queer woman. Um, so we want to create, we want to support Black queer artists as well. Um, we're going to have a yoga session. I mean, these are all things that we're trying to trying to do. So it's just everyone's like during quarantine. I, I, you know, I know a lot of people have been engaging in social media, engaging online for a while, yeah. and so maybe getting burnt out, maybe taking a little break here and there. But if you're looking for something to kind of connect to, I would really encourage you all to follow the Intention Co. Um, just to kind of see, you know, some positivity on your timeline. I think that's really important. Yeah, if you want to pin the intention code, you know there's okay. also, yeah, the link is in my bio. So if you just go to my page, um, if you want to follow the me, so you can click on the link in my bio. You can either go to our social media, like our Instagram page, or we also have a website where you can get to see all of us, Thank uh, you. what we do, what we're interested in, what we're reading, what we're listening to. I'm putting together, I just put together a black woman playlist. Uh, yes, I will share it. Um, it's on Apple Music. I'm going to put it on Spotify soon. Um, so, pause. Sorry. If someone is interested in that playlist, like myself, how do they go find it then? Go to, you, they go to Intention Co? Yeah. Go to Intention Co. And we'll post it there. Okay. We'll be able to post it there. And you said, so I, I know you guys reached your goal, but so if someone wants to still donate, how, how do they do that? We have a GoFundMe page, so that's also in my bio, um, and you can click on there and just donate anything. We've had people donate $20, $25. We've had some big donations as well. So yeah, any little thing, will tend out, whatever you want to share, or if you want to tell us about someone that you feel like should be a recipient, or you want to pass our, our name along, and you know of someone who follows in that category, and is they also have to be a California resident. Um, so anybody in California um, that you know that might benefit from this particular scholarship, just, yeah, just send them our way or let them know of our page. Um, so they yeah, can but I'm creating go to some music apply. application release too. Okay. Yeah, we wanted to hit our goal first before we made that live. Um, yeah, but we'll keep updates on there. You can follow me as well. I'll keep updates on mine. I just, I've been talking about music and awards and speakers. And Beyonce, I really, I'd be all your expertises. My expertise, I, I do have a master's in Beyonce. Yeah. Um, I graduated probably 2013. How did you feel? When... Should we do a little Beyonce plug real quick? Oh, are you ashamed of me that I didn't subscribe to Disney Plus to watch it? I'll forgive you for now. Let me borrow your subscription. Oh, let me tell the people Kimmy bought me self titled for my birthday because. Beyonce a self-titled album dropped on my birthday Imagine and she that. bought it for me Aww. it was so amazing and we went and saw we've seen her I've seen her a couple times I've, yes. seen I've spent a lot of my 20s spending money on Beyonce um I understand that you didn't you didn't uh buy I should put that in my bio huh masters in Beyonce um <laughs> I understand that you didn't subscribe to Disney Plus. I, I can understand it. Why you haven't asked for someone's login? Well, sis, I'll catch you in five minutes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, you know. Yeah. I mean, the visuals get into it, okay? Well, didn't she wear mostly, like, black designers, too, or all black designers? Oh, yes. Because I've been is seeing them plug all the black designers that she's been wearing throughout. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And African artists and the music. 
I mean, the narrative that she told. We can, I mean, I can go on and on and I on think that and people, on. like, sometimes I run into people and they're like, I'm not Beyonce fans. And I'm like, okay, but why? Well, I think <laughs> I know why. Who you? Who and I feel, like, you? I feel like part of it is because they don't really quite understand what she's doing. Like, with the mm. Lemonade visual album. Sure. The poetry, the storytelling. Yeah. The, yeah. The there's, a great, there's a great podcast called Dissect that talks a lot about that Lemonade album. Um, yeah. I mean, it's so layered. Yeah, so with with Black is King, a lot of people are like, this is not my favorite yet. This is not my favorite. I was like, because we don't understand it all. Like, I do not understand Indigenous, like, African religion. I don't. And, right. like, that's a part of the erasure of my history. So, like, I don't know. But Beyonce was in there. You know, she was in there. I think there's been a lot of conversations about colorism. There's been a lot of conversations about capitalism with Beyonce. I think one of my favorite people that I follow on IG is Amber Abundance. And she was like, Black fans can't do enough. Like, it'll never be enough for y'all. There's always okay. going to be discussion. And I'm not going to say she's perfect, but she... I mean, she's I doing work. I enjoyed it. I got my life. And that's important. If I got my life as a Black queer person, like, that's goal achieved. Yeah, you know? and it's a lot to dig into. Like with everything that's in there, it's it, you gotta almost like read a book about all the symbolisms and. The... It's a commentary on masculinity. Like it's a, it's there are like a lot of things happening, and I, I look forward to the articles that are gonna be written. I look forward to the podcasts that are gonna be created to talk about it. Um, yeah, they don't understand the content. Yeah, yeah, and and, and but also you're not seeing absolutely deserves its own podcast also you're not seeing like she has odes to the whiz she has tributes yeah. to you coming to america she has tributes to like lion king obviously she has tributes right. to the bible there's scripture there's like like the story of Most moses of is like, people are like huh yeah what that's, and she's that's so like... she's a celestial being twerking on another planet like what are we talking about what Beyonce are we has talking the about Beyonce is here Oh God! Sometimes the spirit of it, it just fills me. I'm so sorry. I get it. I get I it. I saw I saw Coachella too. Like, that's right. You were in there. Listen, I flew. I took my sister. I said we're gonna be in this audience if it's the last thing. We are gonna be in this audience and witness this. When she started doing the the Negro national anthem, I started screaming at everyone around me. Y'all don't even know. Y'all don't you even don't understand. Know. Do you know what this is? Remove your hat. Remove your hats. Hand over your heart. Hand over your heart. Yes. Respect. Hand over your heart. You don't understand. Put yeah, I was, I was, uh, I'm privileged, obviously, enough to afford to be able Best to money you ever spent, though. I mean. Investment. Investment, investment in my own creativity. Investment in, um, yeah, just inspiration. It's just inspiring. It's inspiring. So what are you working on right now, Allison? Intention Co. and self-love? Self-love. Lots of self-love. I, I, I'm a person that needs to work out with others. So I've been working out at a park with a mask on with my two childhood best friends. I'm back in, in Sacramento for a little bit. Um, you said Allison is the most educated person I know for real. I amen to that. That's my little cousin. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but it's true. I am a learner and I, I have a lot of other friends who are in here who are much more educated than me. I have friends who are, have their doctorates. I'm like, why y'all, why y'all friends with me? I don't get it. Y'all are like for real, for real like smart. Me? 
why you don't like me? Um, yeah, so I've been working out, helping my family during COVID. My mom is a frontline worker. Um, and so, and my dad is working um, in a church. And so there's just a lot of stress, a lot of things going on. And so I've been happy to be home. My sisters are home. It's like the first time we've all been in the same house in 10 years. Mm-hmm. And so it's been a privilege, like, honestly, it's been a privilege. I've been super lucky to spend this time with my family. And I wanted to do that. I didn't want to just move to, I could go move to LA and be grinding and like working on these crazy jobs. I think it's been way more important to be with my family right now and just take some time. Um, and been working on content creation. Yeah. So at Intention Co, I'm working on some content creation. I hope to work on some future projects, either YouTube, podcasting, um, I'm putting together these playlists. So I, again, I love culture. I love the impact of music and art and film on our communities also sports i could talk to you about sports for a whole hour I could talk to you about broadway for a whole hour not me you can um, talk to me about sports for an hour yeah 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 all the WNBA, all all the things <laughs> all the things that are happening but yeah so that's that's what i'm doing and, and yeah my aunt said a lot like i i have filled up my days into a way where i don't feel burnt out i feel like filled and i feel connected and rooted and present i think I've spent the last 10 years being like, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? And I'm looking at the next thing, but I'm not making a time pressure. Like there's pressure on it. I'm able to kind of freely work on it, which has been pretty incredible. And you, like you said, you're creative. And I think one important thing that creatives miss is, and I was talking to my friend about this the other day, is like creatives try to live by this other timeline of like, busy people or like type a people yeah so i'm excited to see what type of creativity comes out of this time period of your life because like you said you've never really had this chance to just love yourself and create Mm -hmm. and um that is so important for like a creative person to do is to kind of just sit in your thoughts and allow them to manifest and flourish and you have a great community of women that you're working with with the intention co yeah you guys are i mean i really am just in love with the platform like of intention co i think it's amazing i can't wait to see i'm sure you guys are gonna be like posting about people that are recipients and what they're up to. absolutely yeah yeah we will i think we're gonna do a lot of promos we're gonna do a lot of videos and like you get to know the recipients and you can see hopefully you all see yourself in those people that get selected but um hopefully this isn't this is just the beginning you know i have knowing the leadership of these women like this thing i think is going to be really really big and i think we're going to be able to impact a lot of people and that's that i couldn't ask to be a part of anything better um well that was your intention right we had your intention was to have an impact (laughs) yes have an impact and be working with black and queer, like black spaces um, and not being drained from institutions, right? Be feeding directly to the people mm-hmm. for the people. Um, so yeah, I, th- I can only see positives um, coming from this and from this kind of next part of my life. And man, seeing you, Kimmy, we've been talking, man, we've been, I've been waiting on you, boo. I've been waiting on you and seeing you do Empower, Empower Hour and being consistent and like just killing it. Like, thank you. Thank you so much. And you've held like you've held this hour so well for me and led it so well. So I'm so I mean, proud of you. I'm I'm resisting the temptation to jump into like ten other topics <laughs> because that's what we'll do. And I know that the timer's gonna come on and tell me that there's like thirty seconds left and cut us off. But I'm like, you know, we we could talk for days and Absolutely. You are such a leader in the communities that you choose to 
be in. And I'm proud of you for um, allowing yourself to be used in the way that God has chosen to use you, even though it can be draining. <laughs> and I'm excited that now that you've gone through all these trials that you're going to have know. a period of creativity for yourself now where you can really make an impact that you can visualize it's tangible yes yes actualize it and you're in there thank you thank you give us one more shout out to where people can go to find the intention co and where they can go to donate just break okay. that down so pinned in the comments there is at the uh the underscore intention underscore co um, there is a link to our GoFundMe there. There's also a link in my bio to kind of a link tree. So several different things. If you want to get to know us, you want to get to know our principles, you want to get to know our founding statement, like all those things. If you want to see all the organization of it, it's in there. And then we have a GoFundMe page that's also on our website that you can click into really easily and donate. It takes just a couple clicks. Um, and any amount would be appreciated, obviously. I challenge then, everyone who watches this or listens to it to go and just at least donate one dollar, at least minimum. At minimum, but y'all could put a little. Y'all could put a little ten. I could. Y'all could, could put do a little ten, ten, but at least. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. To get there at to least. that donation page, you're gonna be like, eh, I'll do ten. But like, if the intention is like, I'm just gonna go put one. Yeah, totally, totally. And you can follow me. Please follow me and follow yes. the Intention Co. Um, and we'll be posting content. I'll be posting playlists that you can get your life to. Me and Kimmy have a good little chat of all the songs we love. Let me tell shout you. Shout out to your playlist. Shout out to your playlist. You got an ear. You got an ear. You you have an ear. <laughs> I miss our, our college days where we would just like sit. I, I miss that so much. That was such a part of my life where we would just sit and just listen to music for hours. I'd lay on your carpet. You had a little carpet. I just Doesn't lay. And I'd be like, ooh, did you hear this? Go to YouTube. Go to YouTube. Did you see? And it's usually live performances. I love me a good little live performance. Yes. The real vocals. We've seen some heavy hitters on the stage before. So we have. And we got some good music taste. You should do a little music corner. Okay. You should do Maybe a little we'll music do it together. Segment. Maybe I'll yeah. do a podcast. Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh, uh, like you said, uh, my, my counter is coming in. But uh, okay. like you said, this is just the beginning. Thanks, and I'm so excited to see where life takes you. Please follow at that alley cat. Yes. And at the intention co. Yes. That's and, where, uh, that's where all, all the info you need. Yes. Hopefully you get your life. All right. I love you right. so much. Thank love you everyone. Thanks everyone for taking an hour to sit with us and hear us just talk. So I appreciate that. You're Thank welcome you. for getting to listen to us talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye. All right, love, love you. you. Bye. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>